hey, hey, Smokey, where's Smokey? What do you? What happened to you? <laughs> I took you over. No, Smokey, you can't do this to me. When every time I want to start my show and you start repeating after me. Ah, da I did that anyway. Uh, okay, Smokey, what are we talking about tonight? I don't know, Maishi, what are we talking about tonight? Well, first, let's say welcome back, everybody, from the wonderful summer. It was a delicious summer. My summer was delicious. And I had a lot of ices, and you had to get a root canal. Oh, uh, stop oh, saying oh, my it's thing. Oh, it's tasty. Oh, how did oh, I the, taste that? Oh, oh, delicious. Oh, delicious. <laughs> delicious. How delicious is it? It was, it was mamish. Oh, oh, it was wonderful. And, and, you know, it's great to be back here. Yeah, it's certainly great to be back. Oh, Schmokey, where were you for the summer? I heard you were away. I was upstate in the country. You were upstate in the country. And I heard Beryl joined you? Yes, Beryl joined me. Yeah, I joined him upstate. Oh, so that was exciting. Oh, which bungalow did he go to? I went to Maywood. Oh, Maywood, all right. That's a good bungalow. I was there many years ago. Um, uh, Beryl, what do you have to say? Uh, I just want to say, welcome back, everybody. If you want to be a junior reporter, please text Mushy. Uh, Mushy, what's your number? My, uh, my number? You want to know my number? You don't know my number after working with me all year? Uh, 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 I don't know your number. What can I tell you? Uh, okay, well, uh, well then, I'll tell you my number. The number to text in tonight for the show, 347-927-8398. Yeah. And let's get started here. Yeah. Well, welcome back, everybody. That's the first part. Um, and yes, the boy who won, please notify me at the end of tonight's show because... We are trying very hard to get your uh, prize, and Baruch Hashem, we're still working on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Shemarl, how was your summer? I was terrific. I had a fun time in day camp. Oh, which day camp did you go to? I went to Chaim Day Camp. Chaim Day Camp, that's wonderful. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, why are you so quiet? Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh-huh, the cash gas. Actually, let's have a riddle. You ready for this riddle, boys and girls? Yeah, I'm ready. Schmerl, you're worse than Schmokey already? No. Uh, Schmokey, uh, I can't even get a word out of my mouth over here. What's going on today? I don't know. Your shows are getting very up and <laughs> uptight, huh? Anyways, let me relax a little bit. You're relaxing in the rain, your show. Uh, let's say the question. Ready? Schmerl, read it. Why is a blind person still required to wear sitters if he can't see them anyway? Well, Shmerl, that was a very good question. What do you say about that question? I don't know. What's the answer? <laughs> well, the answer will be next week. So if you know the answer to this question, you can text it in tonight, 347-927-8398. Uh, boys and girls, also exciting, exciting news. Um, J Root Radio, sponsored, of course, by me is opening up an online magazine. Nisim doesn't even know about us. It's a new thing for Nisim. Nisim might go crazy over here because we're uh, over $150,000 on depth over here. I don't even know how much. I mean, you don't pay the bills. That's right. I don't pay the bills. Nisim does. So we leave it on Nisim's head. Yeah. So it's $150,000. That's correct. And uh, boys and girls, so we're not expecting you to pay, but your mommy and Tati can certainly help us pay our rent and uh, continue our chizik line and consider uh, us uh, donation. 
And of course, boys and girls, if you want to, of course, sponsor. Um, how much do you charge? Oh, <laughs> charges. Uh, well, first of all, so this online magazine is going to be as Hashem be available within the next coming weeks. I'm working very hard on that uh, online magazine. So that's exciting. I've been very busy this week with the online magazine. I've been very busy with uh, preparing for the show, of course. I've been, uh, you know, mention you forgot to thank one person in the studio. Yes, I know. Neeson, thank you very much, Neeson, for uh, providing uh, the terrific Torah shows. And uh, by the way, boys and girls, I'm not expecting boys and girls to have this, but Tati's and Mommies, your ta tell your Tati's and Mommies that JRU Radio is on Telegram. Telegram? I you got a Telegram. <laughs> Meryl, not that type of Telegram. Anyways, the qu let's get back to our question right here. Why is a blind person still required to wear scissors if he can't see them anyway? I don't know. Well, the answer will be in next show. So, of course, you can send your mazel tov and whatever you want to, to say to Nukashroni Hour, N-E-W-K-I-S-H-R-O-N-I-H-O-U-R at gmail.com. And I want to say it a little slower. N-E-W-K-I-S-H-R-O-N-I-H-O-U-R at G-M-A-I-L dot com. All right. Wow. Thank you, Mr. Robot. You know, we missed a lot of uh, yurt sites. And one of the interestingest yurt sites that I looked up is Rebsim Chabonim. Rebsim Chabonim? That's right. You have a camper by that name. That's correct. I did have a camper by the name. But here's it. Here's an interesting question. What somebody once asked, why do Hasidim normally leave their families to stay for weeks and months with the Rebbe to learn the fear from Hashem, the fear of Yerushimayim from them? And is it, is it impossible to learn from Yerushimayim at home with the, the, the Musser book? Well, 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 the Rebbe says, for several nights, Rabbi Itzikol had a dream that he should go to Prague and begin digging under a bridge. Wow, under a bridge, that's correct. <laughs> under a bridge, under a royal bridge, for there he would find great treasure. Well, eventually Rabbi Itzik decided to go to Prague, and he went there, he went directly to the bridge. Back that time, he noticed the soldiers there, and they were guarding the bridge. So what did he do? He went around several times, and he was still fearful of getting close and thinking underneath. One of the soldiers saw him and said, Hey, what are you doing here? What, what brings you here? Rabbi Sik told him, I, I had a dream, and I, I, I was told to dig over here. <laughs> oh, the soldier said. <laughs> Funny, dude. Yo, <laughs> I also had a dream. You, you had a dream? Uh -huh. <laughs> what type of dream did you have? Hey, Schmel. <laughs> Can you say I'm telling a story? What happened to you tonight? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Continue. Huh. Okay, back to my story. The, so the soldier said, <laughs> You had a dream. I also had a dream. Guess what? I had a dream that in, uh, under a person's name, Rebitzik, in his house, next to his house, in the stove. There's a big treasure, but of course, what is a dream anyways? <laughs> well, of course, Kindelach, 
we know Sadiq and Bunday have dreams. It's like a little bit of a Ruach Kodesh and a little bit of a message. Well, of course, the soldier, you know, <laughs> the soldier that he was, you know, uh, the soldier that he was, he, he said no. <laughs> He's still laughing away at the Jew, at the Rabbitsuk. Anyways, oh, Rabbitsuk went, and he went, and he dug under his, under his, uh, sound, that's correct, Cheryl, thank you. He dug under her stove, and he found a large, large box filled with coins. How many coins? Um, the story doesn't say how much, but he became wealthy because of this. And he, believe it or not, he donated a lot of money to Shul. And anyways, he also built a Shul. And of course, the Shul's name is the basic census of Isaac, the son of Yikhalus. And that's the story. <laughs> Pardon me. That's the story Rav Simcha Bunim said. And now, then here's the mushal, the nimshal of the story. When an avrich, when a person comes to the tzaddik, he realizes that in his home, in his uh, neshama, there's a great treasure. Now, if he puts a great deal of effort into digging and searching for this treasure, he will find it, as it's written in the Torah. For it's near you. It's near you. That's what it says in Bamidbar and Vayikra, uh, uh, I believe. Uh, 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 actually, it's a farm. Well, anyways, it is literally with you. And Rav Simcha Bunim, first of all, he was born in Vadislav. And believe it or not, he was the son of a Magid. So any Magid... For example, the Magad of Mizrich, or Rav Pesach Ron, who's a Magad, he writes the Magad's thing. So, any son of a Magad, I guess, has a lot of stories. And, you know, that that that, that was uh, one story that I believe that was. Uh, let's talk about a little about history. Well, you know, Rav Simcha Bunim, he was, you know, he was, uh, of course, a big time of but... Who did he marry into? We want to know. What do you What do you think? Who did he marry into? Rabbi Rav Moshe of Bedson. And Rav Simcha Bunim, believe it or not, was supported by his father-in-law. Because, you know, he was a big Tamakakam. And, of course, the father-in-law wanted to support him for that. Anyways, he began... Uh, he began... Uh, correct me on this one, please. Heshesicha, Rav Simcha Bunim of, well. Don't ask me about Ashkenazim. Aspalik, you can ask me. Anyways, Rav Simcha Bunim, a big, he started a big foundation. And they, the the holy Yid, he's a very holy Yid. He didn't live long. He lived only 45 years. 45 years. You know, sometimes, sometimes like Dovid Amalek, he died when he was 75. Or sometimes a Tzaddik, you have a big Tzaddik, and a big Tzaddik sometimes, Yankee, actually, you are invited next week to join, so Yankee Flossberg, come join me next week, I uh, will have an interview together again, <laughs> don't, don't say no to my invitation, <laughs> anyways, uh, uh, for those who you don't know, Yankee Flossberg is a talent guy, he loves to dress up, loves making people happy, that's basically what he's about, and, you know, here's another story of Rav Simcha Bunim. 
I'm getting myself distracted over here. There was one day a man who uh, came uh, by fasting. He fasted so many days. He asked Rav Simcha if he already arrived at the level of a tzaddik. Rav Simcha replies, the main thing is the way in which a man conducts himself. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I'm also a great comedian if you listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, the main thing is a way we should take in the look daily we should have this in our daily mind kindleach that should we eat are we eating because we're hungry and we're starving well that's also a good reason to eat because hashem wants us not to be hungry but you know there's another reason that we should eat and it's before rosh hashanah and this is the reason that you should be thinking about to get closer to hashem i want to serve hashem i want to serve hashem i want to be on a high note Wait, what smell? What was that about? You almost busted my eardrums here. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, you said a high note. <laughs> smell, come on! I didn't mean that of a high note. I meant a high note on the Rosh Hashanah. Oh my! I'm giving muster to the Olam here, to the people who aren't listening. And uh, you know, smell, you come here and make jokes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Shmuel, what do you have to say about that? I'm sorry for making jokes. I'll do it again. Uh, that's not what I want to hear. Uh, before Rosh Hashanah, you're going to start making trouble. No, 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 no trouble. No, more not trouble is finished. But trouble is finished. Good. I can continue? Yeah. Great. And I'm continuing my show because Shmuel said I could. So, and what happened was, this person, he was fasting so many years, so many days, I mean, and he came to Rev. Silcha correct me on that one, because I don't know what I'm talking about. No, you know, I see you're on a lost case. Uh, ha! <laughs> that's actually, that's true. Yes, that is true. I should have done that for the, for the kids, yes. I should have done it on the Nachas Talent, and believe it or not, the only reason why I entered that Nachas Talent show, guys, I was on the Nachas Talent show, and I, I, the only reason why I entered that show is because, because, <laughs> I, I know, and I write, uh, believe it or not, yeah. So, anyways, back to my story. Shmuel clicked the wrong button here. So. Anyways, tens of thousands of people. So uh, what, what did Rav Simcha Bunim answer this person? It's not the way we fast. It's not what uh, you're doing to make yourself. It's what, how we do things. It's what is in your mindset. Is your mind to gobble up your food and become uh, some dog? Right? Or are we eating like a mensch? Making a bracha out loud, making a bracha slowly, thanking Hashem, believing in uh, Hashem. That's the point of uh, Rav Simcha Bonham is making here. And, well, tens of thousands of people from all over the world love to listen to him, Rav Simcha Bonham. At the end of his life, Rav Simcha Bonham said, I, Rav Bunim, I, Bunim, pray to the Hashem that he take the light of my eyes so that they could open and look and see the glory 
and that my mind be sharpened so I could deeply reflect upon the eternity that he could see. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, so what, 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 what happened towards the end of his life? One day, some Kabonim heard his wife crying. He says to his wife, well, why are you crying? And the wife says, I'm crying. Why do you think I'm crying? He said to his wife, all the days of my life, I only served in teaching me how to die. Meaning, he, I only served my life here. This is the fake world. This world is a fake. It's a trickery. It's not a real world. The next world is the real world. And, uh, well, Mishy, did you see what time it is? But what time is it? It's 7.24. Oh, 7.24. Wow. Well, you know, there's another tzaddik that your type was the Chamesh of Elul, the Hay of Elul, the fifth of Elul. And we're going to talk about Rabbi Moshe Aaron Pinto. Well, this person writes, he remembers in particular that uh, they took a trip to Morocco and he was responsible for a journey. So what happened? The trip lasted was two months and it was at that time that he began to listen to people who began to pour out their hearts to the father. This is the son writing about his father, about Rav Moshe Aaron Pinto, by Rav David Hananya Pinto, Shlita. And he was responsible, he's saying I was responsible for preparing the entire journey, but I especially had to watch over the health of my father who was suffering from a severe case of diabetes. Well, the trip lasted two months, and it was at that time I began to listen to people who came to pour out their hearts to my father. I saw how he listened, the rich or poor, with the same consideration. I saw how he gave advice, how his entire being inspired Hashem, inspired just for Hashem, inspired faith so that people should serve Hashem as clear and Christ. Uh, by the way, I'm told I need junior reporters. So junior reporters, if you're listening, I know we took a long summer break. I couldn't come in last week because last week I was <laughs> very busy uh, preparing for the magazine, uh, Nuka Shoni Arrow magazine. It's going to be called an uh, online magazine, and it's, uh, it's going to be uh, Baruch Hashem. Uh, I'm going down to this level, and it's hopefully going to be an inspiring magazine. And it may even, uh, as a matter of fact, it may even have my shows. So boys and girls, if you don't listen to my shows, You'll have another chance. You'll be able to see my magazines on the street. And you'll be able to print it. You'll be able to tell your mommy and Tati to print it out from the from the Tumanet. Anyways, Rav David Pinto, Rav David Hanania Pinto says, one day during the trip, my father awakened us very early in the morning and asked us to quickly bring him to the cemetery in in Casablanca in order to daven. By the grave of the father, the Tadagraf Chaim Pinto. When I suggested that perhaps we could go a little later, he said, If we wait until after Dominic, it will be too late. No one dared to insist. And we immediately went to the seminary. Seminary? I mean, cemetery. Thank you, Shmerel, for correcting me. 
And once he arrived by the grave of Rav Chaim Pinto, my father raised his arm to the sky and began to bless the Davin aloud, bless the royal family, the Moroccan people, and all the Isha brothers gathered around the world, after which he blessed my brother Avram. This greatly surprised me because he was not in the habit of doing this. Normally, he blessed each member of our family, starting with my mother and proceeding from the first one to the youngest. And in that order, Avram would have been the eighth person to be blessed, to have the bracha. Of course, I didn't dare ask my father so many questions. Well, since he was crying and uh, seemed to be suffering, yeah, why had he blessed Avram? Why did he give a bracha to Avram? Well, during that time, we were all the guests of Mr. Mordechai Knafo whom all our friends knew quite well. We had barely returned from the cemetery when a person approached me and said he just received news from Eretz Yisrael, a call from friends that about a half hour earlier, my brother Avram had been involved in a serious car accident, in a serious car accident in which three people died. And for Avram, he was seriously injured. Still in France, I called my mother in Ashdod, and she said the sad news to me, saying that Avram was hovering between life and death and asked that my father and I return quickly as possible, even though I was used to it. I couldn't help being astonished by the Ruach HaKadosh that my father had. He davened for the welfare of his son by the grave of Chaim Pinto in early morning. When I told my father this terrible news, he said to me with a sad smile, I knew my son. I knew it. A serious gazera was placed upon your brother Avram. That's why I got up so early in the morning and davened before the accident occurred. Unfortunately, only a portion of my davening was accepted. Since three people died, as for your brother Avram, we must absolutely stay here in Morocco. Just to the grave of Rav Chaim Pinto until the Gezer is removed. I can assure you that his life will be in danger if we go away from this grave. One morning, my father said to me, David, we will turn to our control next Thursday. Well, while we stay in Morocco, my mother did not stop complaining that my father hadn't returned home yet. Then I told her that he had announced that the Gezer would be removed from our, from Avram by next Thursday, and he'll be able to come back. The next day, my mother, however, could not believe it. But the doctors gave up hope. Well, later on, we learned that on the famous Thursday, a large butterfly made it into my brother's hospital room and began to fly over the length of his body. When it flew over his head, he regained conscious and asked for something to drink. It had been almost two months that he had been in a coma. And in the term, he had undergone several major operations. Yet, from that day on, his health began to improve. My mother held no grudge whatsoever against my father for having left her to face such a difficult situation alone. Well, it was at that time that I saw with my very own eyes just how my father's sincere and confident dominating could produce real miracles. About 13 years later, I was in Los Angeles when I was told that my father had motion pent outside causing severe pain and that his life was in danger. I was told that he had been seriously burnt when he spilled a pot of water on himself. Of course, the tzaddik normally prepared a certain number of items uh, himself on uh, Shabbos. Among other things, it was always he who placed, who placed the water on the hot plate. Upset, I took the first flight out of, to Los Angeles and out of Los Angeles, and I arrived in Arzestral, where I went to Adasa Hospital, where my father was. The doctors had just told him that they had to amputate his two legs. Well, that same night, my father confided in me, listen, my son, 
I want to tell you that there's no reason to worry and that the doctors will never be able to take the legs that Hashem gave me at birth. These legs have always helped me to do Hashem's will. They brought me from Morocco to the whole land that Hashem gave us and allowed me to walk to shul every day. We know how close Hashem is to those who, you know, Dalvin. Never did Hashem leave my father's Dalvin on answer. This time as well, a miracle happened. At a time of the operation, the surgeon noticed that my father's legs improved. He turned to my father, and the face of the tzaddik was shining. An extraordinary light came from his eyes. Surprised, the surgeon asked that all the testes of feet brought him the news as well. The doctor literally proclaimed it was a miracle when they saw all the test results. The test had been taken with great care, and they clearly showed that the serious case of removal of the leg and the gangrene of the infection, it's gone. My father was brought back to his room. There's no further reason to amputate his leg. It was well known that Hashem protects the one who's occupied the mitzvah. Upon awakening, my father got up and began to pace the room while singing the songs of of his of his father, Rav Chaim. A few months before his passing, during Chalamoid Pesach, his general health began to deteriorate, to go down, and he was brought to the hospital. In the midst of his suffering, he said to those close to him, a great tzaddik is about to leave our world today. In fact, upon return from the hospital, they learned on the radio that Rav Meir Avachasirazatal, the first part of the Babasali, lost his life in a major accident. My father had announced it hours earlier. Wow. You imagine this. This is Rav Pinto. Wow. It's unbelievable. I mean, I when I read this story the first time, actually, boys and girls, it was an amazing story, and I just thought I have to say this story over here. Can you imagine the unbelievable story that this person, you know, he, he was, uh, this is considered a little bit in our generation. He's not like, you know, our generation. We can strive to become this level if we really try very hard to be on this level. Anyways, let's go to our last story. That was Rev Simcha. Uh, that was Rev Pinto. And uh, let's go to now. Uh, what do you want to talk about now? Let's talk about Rev Palm. Kindle, as you know, Rav Palm, of course, Rav Palm, the famous Rav Palm, was very into Shalom Bayes. Uh, uh, the kids don't know what Shalom Bayes is. Well, Shalom Bayes means peace of the house. So, let's say your brothers get along. So, Rav Palm, Rav, Rav Aaron Palm, Rav, Rav Palm was always into peace. Just like Aaron HaKoyin, Rav Avram Palm was very into it, very into peace. And here is a story of, uh, well, I'm told several months before his cure, of Palm's powerful spirit still overcame his illness. Every day he went to yeshiva, and he went to yeshiva, and he gave his speech. He always refused offers or the, or the rides when would ever impose on someone, and instead he walked. He always walked. One day when he was ready to go home, it was pouring. It was raining. A Tama wanted to drive him home, but he refused. 
He walked down his feet. A Tom walked behind him, holding an umbrella to protect him. George Shiva didn't notice his protector until they got to the corner. He said to Tom smiled and said, the head is old, the yid is old. Better go back to the base medicine and learn. For many years, people who knew him said, the Chavetz Chaim of America. And he them that way. And it was of the very few times when he was visibly annoyed. Agitator of Tom stood up at the microphone and said, protest our front in honor of the Chavetz Chaim. He didn't like the name. This is Rav Palm, Avram Palm. He didn't want to be called the Chavetz Chaim of America. He's not the Chavetz Chaim of America. He's Rav Avram Palm. He was on a well, here's another story of the Chassam Seifer. Chassam Seifer was once riding in a carriage with Rebbe, Rebbe Nelson Adler, when the horses reared up in fright. They were on the verge of being attacked by a wild bear. And the driver could not control them. Rebbe Adler, Rebbe Adler took out the, looked out the window and the bear saw him and ran into the woods. The Chassam Seifer asked, and Rebbe uh, uh, Adler, what happened? His Rebbe, what happened? Hashem made it man in the image to his end. As our Chacham tells us, at the beginning of creation, even wild animals were afraid of Hashem, of how man looked. It seems that I still have some of that Telemelechim. Now, Kindalach, of course, I'm not saying we don't have Telemelechim. We have Telemelechim. And believe it or not, believe it or not, we all are Telemelechim. Well, those who knew Rav Ham are not surprised that someone so used to Torah could look at him and see the Kedusha. This is going back to Rav Ham. And let's skip a little bit here. One of his younger colleagues once asked him why he attended so many weddings when he became so much, so hard for him to do it. He replied, you have come to thousands of weddings. That is enough. This is what happened. Rav Ham answered, ha! This is the Here it is. To me, there are... Thousands of weddings, but the chassan, there's only one wedding. So, just for the chassan, he came. Anyway, there's one thing, distinguished mechanic. He once sent article, a collection about growing up in East New York. One of the essays told about Talmud and he used to come to his father's mother and father's grocery store to discuss Torah. One of the regular was Rav Meir Palm, the son of the Rajishi, I thought Rav Palm would enjoy the story and sent him a copy. Two weeks later, I met him. He said, how could the writer suggest that my father's Jesus was at his son says he's Jaren Tarvadas? But Palm did not refer to himself as the Rosh Hashiva, only as someone who says a share. Then he told a simple answer to illustrate his father's love and acknowledge of Shas. He had a simple and keen sense of right or wrong. He would urge his Talmud and followers to avoid extravagant and life styles and celebrations. Others stressed that such lavishness was wrong, but Palm put it in different terms. What other things can you do with the money, you would ask? Anyone who saw the humble furnishing of his home knew that he lived the way he spoke. Those who knew him well marveled at how he and the Rebbitson deprived themselves of taking the pleasures. Tayyavidas was his life, without the question. He spent 70 years there, 61 as a market share. He's completely devoted as a yeshiva. Not only his share, but all his regular shmuzim on the parsha were formative. Yeah, and uh, that was Rav Palm. Let's talk about Rav Yaakov Yisrael Kanvieski, the stipler guy. There's once a man 
and a wife who is living in Benebrach. They had an argument. The man decides that many years of work, it's time to retire. <coughs> and you know, go splurge up a little bit, rest up a little bit, and indulge some of his desires. He wanted to buy a new car, but not just any new car, the best new car, fully loaded, top luxury. His wife was afraid that this would attract attention to the car owner, and it would then stir up jealousy. They decided to bring this issue to the stipler going. The husband and wife both went there, and they presented a case, and the stipler sat silent for a moment. He asked the man, are you fluent in all shots? The man was a bit surprised and answered he was not a Tamakhan, that he was obviously not proficient in all shots. You know an entire Masechta? No, answered the man. Do you know any, uh, any parak of Masechta? By now the man began to fumble his robe. No, 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 I, I don't. Could you lane a single blot of Gemara? No, said the man. Buy the car, ordered the stifler. Nobody's going to be jealous of you. There was once a, mo a young man who was a little bit slow. He began looking for a shidduch, and his slowliness and a lack of breath in his learning and didn't figure well into, his new, into this new thing. He would shy with little success. Years ago, he had begun learning the second parak of Baba Vatia. After being taken under the wing of the Rebbe, he made it all the way through the parak. This was a cause of celebration. He had gone to Shatsum for the first time, the result was a major catastrophe. Shatsum spoke with the boy about that and sending quickly that he's a bit slow. Do you even know how to learn? The young man was taken aback by the insensitivity. When he left the Shatsum apartment, he began to cry. Four months, the young man confined himself to his room. He became nuts and accepted not even his parents as visitors. He even had thoughts of uh, Well, his parents had become deeply depressed until his father had an idea. He'd bring his son to the stifler. Perhaps he could talk to the boy. Upon meeting the stifler, the young man's father explained the situation. He was asked to wait outside. He left the door cracked open so he could listen in. After all, the stifler had his son's life in his hands. What is that you're going to have learning, asked the stifler. So it took me years, but I made it through the second part of the Messiah, answered the boy. But that's in the past. I don't really know how to learn. I'm just not good at it. And everybody knows this. The stifler looked at him intently in the eyes and answered in a voice with a heavy emotion. When you learn Baba Messiah, Hashem is only listening to you. When you learn Baba Messiah, Hashem is not concerned with the share of the Panovich of Mir. Hashem is only listening to you, and you are giving him the greatest joy that any yid could give his maker. Keep on learning the second paragraph of Baba Messiah. Hashem will be proud. The young man left the samples over say, changed man. About a year later, he married, took a job, and in addition to reviewing Baba Messiah, he was able to begin learning a new Messiah with which he succeeded in time. Wow, that, that's the greatness of our, our G'daylam. And it's 7.42 right now, and I did promise something um, in the new Jewish music world. And let's get down to business over here. We have so much music. Baruch Hashem. Thank you, Yossi Zwei, for uh, promoting this Jewish music. It's uh, really amazing to see how much work you put into this thing. And... You know, boys and girls, really, we have to appreciate all the new music that comes out. You know, we people work hard. And unfortunately, there is nowadays, there's something called downloading, which, you know, it, uh, a lot of people, a lot of the singers, they, they mentioned to me, since I'm a guy who's into singers, I've been working with singers for a little bit now. And I know from experience that they're losing money 
of unfortunately people downloading unfortunately people are doing the wrong things and you know what Hashem is looking down on us and saying look he's taking away this person's Parnosa is this what we want before Rosh Hashanah so boys and girls before Rosh Hashanah try very hard don't download any music buy them from the local store go to the store give Parnosa for it everybody needs Parnosa right now the, the Rebbein Shalom is putting us through a very difficult test this past summer there was a few drownings and you know it's uh, unfortunate that there's a gazera like that but yes Hashem is trying to show us that you know he wants us he's waiting for you he's waiting for you to come he's waiting for us to come to him imagine it's like a king sends away his son from the palace and what happens son goes on his way meets a farmer gets a job as a farmer forgets about his father of course the father's always looking out for him because the son went to the woods a bear attacked him the bear got shot down a robber attacked him the robbers got arrested so the father was always there and the son joined these bandits at the end and went to jail and the father is sitting there right near him in jail and the son didn't even recognize the father and you know what and the son started realizing you know I think it's this reminds me that I have to return to my father and yes Kindleh to be for Rosh Hashanah hello you know the one of the Rosh Hashivas, the Rosh Hashivas, the Tzadikim, when it came time to Elo, they were scared. Not because they're going to maybe get a bad Gazeta. They were scared. Why? Because we're being judged. What are we being judged on? We're being judged on how we act with one another. How we act with Hashem. Are we friendly with our friends? Are we sharing with everybody? Are we caring for everybody? Are we talking nicely to our mommy and tati? Are we doing the right things at the right time? Are we speaking nicely to the Rebbe? Are we speaking nicely to our friends? Are we helping our friends? Shmeril, well, what do you have to add to this uh, conversation? Uh, are we making fun of our friends? No, we shouldn't be making fun of our friends. That's the wrong thing to do. That's correct, Shmeril. That is the wrong thing to do. And Kindleach, that that is what the Rosh Hashanah is about. Bez Hashem, next week, I'm not ending my show right here because <laughs> I still got a lot to do here. I if I don't finish my Jewish music report right now, I'm going to finish to next week. So, but I'm gonna get started. But I just want to say one thing. Next week I will be bringing in a Schaefer, Bez Hashem, and the next two weeks actually. And that reminds me, I believe. The Spartan started saying Slichas. Nisim, the Spartan started saying Slichas, right? Yeah, so, so, almost, almost two weeks. Almost two weeks. Kindleach, imagine that. If you're a Sparty, you know what I'm talking about. Your tati is going to school early, davening, and hopefully if you're 13 and over, you're going to school. You know, be one, uh, you'd be surprised to see how many kids coming up. Really? In, unbelievable. Yeah, and, I'm, and, and you wow. know what? And the regular minyan is basically double than the uh, than regular day. You know, Kindleach, this is coming. an inspiration to me. Keep you know? on doing what you're doing. Keep you know? on going to the minyan. Keep on you know? 
four o'clock. We're starting five o'clock by us. Five o'clock in the morning. What can the look? This is unbelievable. As long as you're not sleeping in class, it's a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so let's get started. But you yeah. know, but we have our 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 slichot is I don't know the Ashkenaz slichot, but whereas it's a very interactive. 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 Oh, what, what do you mean by interactive? What interactive. Does it mean? What, what do you so mean? we we we're singing together. We just saying. Really? Yes, it's 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 all together. It's a whole it's, different movement. It's a, a, a all different movement. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Nisa. Wow. People, okay. people a, a, a lot a lot of kids and a lot of people that love it. And you know, you hear in the radio that we have so many, many um, songs of Slichot. Oh, really? Oh, yes. I, you know, it's been a long time since I listened to radio. Mine has been a long time because I have been very busy. Um, anyways, now, as I mentioned before, I am looking for junior reporters. So if you want to be a junior reporter, please text in 347-927-8398. I'm Moshe Grofeld right here. And I'm not going away yet. I'm still doing my Jewish music. Well, Avrami Roth just produced a music. It's called Shema Yisrael. Anyways, interesting song, what this is. It's produced by, it's a little strange to release a single at the father's your site, Avrami Roth's your site. Uh, Remy Roth knows exactly what his father would have wanted. The song is called Shmaisrael, and it was arranged by Yeshai Zolberg. So, thank you, Yossi Z. Wow, that was very interesting. Somebody releasing a song, uh, Remy Roth, unbelievable, the Shmaisrael song. I actually thought it was a really inspiring song. I listened to that song, and it was really uh, amazing song. And the next uh, one, Rav Noach Paley made a song called breaks the shards the song that breaks the shards and connects the hearts and what is this a song about let's go into detail of what the song is about well composer of noah daily paley so he had a uh, this rosh hashanah and the anticipation of rosh hashanah kalem shavurim this is his new cd a new song kalem shavurim an interesting song and uh, you know i did not listen to this song yet but this is one of the new songs and, you know, uh, thank you, Yossi Z, for sending me this. And uh, this is sort of advertisement, but uh, the Kabach Shul is presenting the Slichus with Yehuda Green at the Westside Synagogue, 120 West 76th Street, New York, New York. And join us. Matzeh Shabbos. And uh, let me see which week that is. Okay, next week, it's the week of September 21st. Monthly shop is September 21st. That is next week, I believe. And uh, so, yeah, so get there. Monthly shop is Yehuda Green, an inspiring uh, chazan for many, many years. He's going he's, he's gonna to be doing a slichus, and it's supposed to be very nice. I have friends who went there for the past few years. Uh, also, what happened is Menucha presented Uri Davidi and Yoni Z. So that that's a, was a very amazing song that I heard listened to in the past. Berega Katon Medrashir Yisharon Gaon and Avadia Chachma. That's a new song by, uh, as I said, Yarim Gaon and Avadia Chachma. 
And there's a new song, Mickey Maktan Mitzvah Gedola, by, by Mickey Maktan Mitzvah Gedola, a very interesting song that's uh, just for uh, Uma and Rosh Hashanah. Naftali Blumenthal came out, maybe no one told you, but here's, uh, this is the, what the word is in the Jewish news, that uh, this is composed by Naftali Blumenthal, ASAP Productions, and it's produced production, the musical production, Mental Pertnoy, and uh, and the song is dedicated to you. It's called Oh, I Believe in You. That's what it's called by Naftali Blumenthal, and I believe that was a really good song. I listened to it twice. Um, another good song another that came out, Harani Mikabel, Benny Friedman. He came out with a new single, a really, really beautiful, beautiful, great song. It's, it's unbelievable in honor of uh, this month. Uh, in honor, Yishai Rebo came out with Seder Ha'avoda, just in honor of Yom Kippur. That, that Yom Kippur, you're going to be singing uh, the Seder Ha'avoda. Uh, Baruch Naftel, a friend of mine, came out with a new album. And uh, it's a really, really beautiful album. I listened to it. I, he, he actually was a friend of mine many, many years. He still is a friend of mine. And I'm still in touch with him. So thank you, Baruch Naftel, for sending me that preview of the album. And Bezaz Hashem, I'm looking forward to getting it. Um, and, of course, how can I forget my friends in Eretz Yisrael, Shruli and Natanel. They came out with the song Abba. It's the Avram Fried cover. It's a official, uh, it's a good music. And then Ruven Garber came out with Aye. It's beautiful. It's a song. Uh, do you have the sniffles? <laughs> sure, although I have the sniffles. No, I'm just nervous. What are you nervous about? <laughs> you know, Sheryl, once a year, there's Rosh Hashanah. Once a year, there's Yom Kippur. Once a year, there's a Shemina Atzeret. You know, Sheryl, you know what this reminds me of? No, what does it remind you of? It reminds me of when I was uh, a few years ago, before I got married. Oh, you got married? That's right. Before I got married, you know, I had a, we had a Nisayim. We all have Nisayim, but, you know, I always daven very hard that I still, Baruch Hashem, I still do daven very hard, and I try to keep it up very hard. And one of the main things that inspired me, I once went to a Gadol, and I was staring at the Gadol. I know it's not nice to stare at Gadolim, but, you know, I was looking during davening how the Gadol is davening, and, you know, that made my day. I said, Rebunda Shalom, I'm going to try my hardest. I'm going to try my hardest to do what the Gadol is doing. I'm, and, I, you know, I do try my hardest. And, you know, it, 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 life is very uh, difficult test. Sometimes, unfortunately, we do go out in the fold and we don't try our hardest even though we think we do. But I do try my hardest, and I always have written down how that goes. I have it etched in my memory how that goes. Anyways, let's go back here. Hello, Mayor and Mayor Rifkin came out with Va'atik. Va'atik? That's right, Va'atik. And Isaac and Rubenstein came out with Ba'amashiach. And here's some good music. Thank you, Hashem, from Joey Newcomb, of course. Uh, Nisan, do we have Joey Newcomb's music here? Because that's how we're going to end off the show tonight. 
We're going to end off with a little bit of Joey Newcomb. Uh, thank you, Hashem. Do you have it over there? Thank you, Hashem. I have to find it. Okay. So, so he came out with thank you, Hashem. Uh, yeah, Joey Newcomb, thank you for coming to Chaim Day Camp. It was uh, really appreciated. And Joey Newcomb. Uh, let, let's spell the name out. J-O-E-Y-N-E-W-C-O-M-B. C-O-M-B. Joey Newcomb. So, it's featuring Moshe Storch, and it's a really good song. Thank you, Hashem. That, and, you know, the video of that song is actually unbelievable. It's such a unbelievable music CD. Unbelievable. Um, you have it there? I have to be Jewish. Thank you, Hashem. By Joey Newcomb. Okay, so let's continue with our music. I have a different uh, song if you want. Mix, Joey, to be, um, to be Jewish album. Uh, we have uh, Pull Me Closer of Waterbury, my sister. And we, uh, we're going to end off the show with uh, one of the songs, put on any of the songs. Barry Weber, Lev Nishbar came out with Lev Nishbar. Barry Weber came out with Lev Nishbar. And, uh, yeah, I'm Oshie Grunfeld here. And uh, Nisim, let's play some Barry Weber song. And uh, uh, you, you mix me. You want to know you? you uh, uh, let's join. No, let's hear joy. Don't have to be oh, one more thing. Be one more thing. <laughs> While I'm out here, this is the Kishwani Hour. I'm Moshe Grunfeld. I'm leaving right now to the studio, but this song, listen to this song. It's a very, very good song. It's not Thank You, Hashem, but it's the Joy song. It's a very beautiful song by Barry Weber. Thank you so much, everybody. Jo have Joy a great Shabbos, everyone, and have a great week.